Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Broadcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Sunday, January 21st, 2024. Coming right up, it is the Book of Acts, Chapter 4. Don't you dare miss this. Now, did we find the word pontiff in here? The Pope. Very interesting study from the manuscripts through the lexicons. Obviously, the English argument is pointless. Now, let's get down into this. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. And while you're doing that, God is calling you to action. What are you sacrificing for the grace God has granted you? Now, God's grace comes with a call of sacrificial action. Now, the Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. That means all provisions provided go to God's purposes, which is to spread the message of Christ's love to a hurting world. So, I'm trying to get money together to get a marketer, someone that can take this massive amount of media that I've made, over 500 podcasts and hundreds of other things, media things I've, I've created over the years, to try and organize it and get it out there to a hurting world. Be part of the Companion Chapel. Partner with the Companion Chapel. If you send $2, $5, that's the greatest thing. Go to CompanionChapel.com. Or if you want one of these beautiful... These things are cool, man. I got these hanging from the mirror of my Cadillac. Like that dirty old Escalade I drive that I had to have way back in 2010. I still got it. The white pickup, you know it, right? Just whatever. Anyways... I have these hanging from the mirror, and they're cool, man. They sparkle, they shine, and that is the most powerful symbol in the universe that we'll be talking about today with our Lord Jesus Christ, the most selfless act of love and compassion that the universe has ever recognized, that the universe has ever seen. And Jesus Christ did that for us and because of us. And you can have one of these infinity chain crosses for just a $10 bill. Go to companionchapel.com. But please email me at companionchapel at gmail.com as I try and bring this media together. I need help. It's obviously people have a financial interest in the outcome of pulling this media together. I couldn't find anybody so far that's just interested in getting God's word out there. But, you know, things take money. And that's all there is to it. If you can help out, that's where the money goes to. That's why this is set up as a nonprofit. Let's go to Acts chapter 4 here. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Now here we have a bunch of different things here. Uh, the priests, the captain of the temple. The captain of the temple goes back to... Um, like the security guard. They had their own governmental system. This is what we're going to be talking about here uh, in the verse 3. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But here's the Sadducees. Okay, the Sadducees and the Pharisees come together. They hated each other. They taught two different doctrines. They were two totally different church systems. They had two different religions. And remember what religion means. The biblical definition of religion. A follower of one's own beliefs. So when you're sitting around with your atheist friends and they're mocking you and scoffing you and shunning you and trying to discredit you, insulting you, whatever, you can handle it because you'll always have a linear progression towards the truth when you have this in your heart, a working knowledge of the Bible. And you always know that the argument of the heathen is always predictable because it always contradicts itself to something ridiculous like a thought, a theory, a hypothesis. But anyways, here we have... Two different religious systems. And what worship means is what you have faith in, what you trust. So we have the Sadducees, which did not like the Pharisees. And the Sadducees did not believe in um, in any afterlife. They just thought, this is it, man. You make the best of what you got in the here and now, and it's over. And then the Sadducees taught afterlife but anyways they come together the side the two church systems hate united and they came upon them that's um 
Well, I just have to go back one page here just to see who this is. And it's, uh, we're talking about John and Peter. And being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. That's the Sadducees. Didn't like that. And neither did the Pharisees. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Okay, so captains of the temples, don't forget, I, I, I forgot about that. That's, remember back in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 1, the captain of the temple put Jeremiah in stocks for overnight. Can you imagine that? Like having your head with that piece of wood and you're like this all night long? Just the cruelty, just the absolute cruelty. I don't know. Would you rather get blown up by an American bomb or would you rather get put in stocks? I don't know. All the evil in the world comes from the human heart. Nothing's changed. It's all still there. It's intensified. It's escalated into what it is today. But back then in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 1, they put him in stocks. And then Jeremiah came out and he didn't hold back. He just let her rip. Ooh, you know, that's awesome. Another study for another day. Obviously, but we're just talking about the governmental structure here. Of, there's no division between state and church. That's why, because that was the governmental system. Now, when you have an occupying force, for example, United States today, you can just throw a dart on a map and you can pretty much guarantee they've occupied that with military hardware or military ground troops, 190 of the 193 countries they've been in since World War II. Just, that's, anyways, go to the Middle East. Here's the occupying force. They still at the they still let the country have their own government, their own governmental rule. Here's the occupying forces, the Romans, and they still let their own government, which was the church, have their own rule, but they oversaw it, just like the United States will oversee wherever they want to, you know, steal oil from Iran, uh, Syria, Iraq, where, wherever they want to go. They just do whatever they want. They are the Assyrian of today, the most dangerous, destabilizing, destructive force. But here we have... Back then, this is Stan's subject here. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed that the number of men was about 5,000. Wow, it went from 3,000 to 5,000. And let's just, let's just get into biblical numerics. Three means circuit, you know, because we know from the epistles of John, the Father, the Word, which is the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. So three is not Trinity that's made up. And we're going to talk about where that came from today. Three means a circuit. One, two, three. It's it's a circuit. Five is grace. One thousand is divine perfection. So we have grace with divine perfection here. The church is growing. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and the elders and scribes, let's go over that, wherever there is potential for civil unrest or a civil uprising, the Roman army would be there. So these are the rulers. You just have to very carefully go through this, okay? And Annas, the... Elders and scribes and Anna, Annas the high priest and Cephas. We have to stop there at these two characters here. And this is going to be very interesting for you to know. I wrote this down somewhere else in my Bible. So we're going to have to go there just for a second. I'm not going to any verses. I'm just looking for a note that I wrote or that is written. And we're going to talk about this. Who are these two guys? Anna and Cephas being the high priests. So Cephas was the high priest as successor of Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, Moses' brother. Well, well, um, well, Annas was the Nasi, or head of the Sanhedrin, successor of Moses. And is thus explained, okay, uh, this explains why they have so much power in the government, these two guys. Now let's take a, let's take a closer look at this in, um, 
I think it's uh let's just let's just stay in the book of Acts, okay? Here's these two guys. They're the head of the Sanjirin. And John and Alexander and as many as were the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. Kindred of the high priest. This puts Annas as the high priest. Okay, when we, when we look at this word, it's genealogy of this high priest, leader of the holy pontiff. Oh, is this, they didn't start calling him the Pope until a few centuries later. But this is where it started. Leader of the Holy Pontiff, go into your manuscripts, through your lexicons, and you will see this. Genos. Oh, and we better be careful not to see the other word that means genealogy that people just hate today. There's no dirtier word on planet Earth today than the word racism. The color of your skin, your gender, your race is irrelevant. It's an illusion. We're all God's children. But people will jump all over that. But we do have genealogies running through the Bible that we're supposed to watch out for. And one, like this one, you are of the synagogue of Satan. Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9. Let's just jump a bunch over to Revel or John chapter 8.44. You are of your father, the devil. And let's just take this clothesline, rip it through the Bible. It's over and over and over and over again, documenting all the way back to Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity, hey, God speaking to Satan. I will put enmity between your seed, Satan, and the seed of the woman. You shall bruise his heel, but he's going to bruise your head. That's fatal. The head wound is fatal. The foot wound, yeah, it is what it is. And we know that happened on the cross, literally, but... I'll put enmity between thy seed and the seed of the woman. That means, you know what that means. Anyways, here we have it. Leader of the pontiff is this. Hey, Annas. So we're going to go and talk, talk to Annas. Like, um, the way they want to get addressed today. Most Holy Father, His Holiness. To be addressed, Your Holiness. If the Pope comes here, it'll be Your Ass Holiness. Sit down. We're going to study the Bible. When have you ever heard the Pope say, Please open me, open with me in your Bibles, to such and such and such, like Billy Graham did, like Pastor Arnold Murray did, iconic pastors that teach the Bible chapters by chapter, verse by verse. What's the Pope do? He stands up there and goes like this. I always wonder what he's doing. What is this, Pope? Are you Get off the freaking grass. That's what he's saying. Do you know how much I pay for landscaping around here? That's what he's saying. He's never taught a verse out of the Bible. Here he is. Started with Annas, the first Pope. They didn't call him Pope. But remember, Matthew 16, 24, or Matthew chapter 23. You do not call anybody father. This whole church system, which went back to Rome, which is the Vatican today. Hey, they, they all want to be called father. They all want to go sit in that little confession booth. It's like, come on, Michael, confess your sins. Let's get in this booth. Aren't you supposed to be sitting on the other side? Oh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Father. You're not supposed to call anybody that. And Annas, the high priest in Seaphis, and John and Alexander, as many as were the kindred of the high priest. There's that family line, okay? That's what we've been warned about through the whole Bible. Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9, the only two churches that passed, Smyrna and Philadelphia. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? It's only been a couple months since the cross. It's only been a couple months since crucified. The word crucifixion is not in the Bible. Okay, I think we're going to use that word in this. Yeah, we are. I'll wait, I'll wait for that till we get there. But you, you don't want to miss that. About You'll be surprised what this word crucified means and what the word cross means. 
And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power, what name have you have done this? So I would have been like, what power, what name are you putting me under arrest for? You put me in jail last night. Under what charge? No, these guys turn everything around, right? They're lawyers. That's what Satan's greatest... That's what his currency is. To cast doubt on the truth. To cast doubt on the truth. To lie against. To mock. To shunk. To villainize. To insult. To shame. I'm going to put you in jail for the night. You're going around teaching about Jesus. Yeah, we only just had him up on the cross not even three months ago. This is only after, right after Pentecost. Not even three months ago. Okay, and when they were asked, okay, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said unto them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Why did he give them that credit? Why did he say elders of Israel? We know from Romans chapter 9, what Israel is. Who are Israelites? Those that adopt themselves back into God's family that follow his commandments, his laws, his orders, who love the Father who art in heaven. Sacred is his name. Yahweh is his name. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven through Yeshua Messiah. That's Romans chapter 9. Who are Israelites? What is Israel is in Genesis chapter 32. What does it mean? God rules, God commands, God orders. Why is he giving these guys this credit? This means this Sandrenhin, this council, this holy council that they call themselves, had a representative from each tribe. They still say today, stand up according to your tribe. So, He's just being respectful. Hey, we got arrested last night. They just killed our bro Jesus not even a couple months ago. I'm going to be a little bit polite here, right? Big Peter, being polite, saying, uh, elders of Israel, okay, just of the 12 tribes, stand up according to your tribes, Sandran and Sanhedrin council. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the important man, by what means is he made whole? Be it known, remember they just, that guy, you know, through God's thundering voice, he can create life and he can, you know, in the physical world, what did he do? He made that guy stand up. You know, God through the Father, messengers. This is Revelation chapter 1, the first couple verses through his apostles. God executes performances far beyond our current understanding of physics. It's irrational for people to think they know more than God and don't have faith because they just think they know more. Okay, so anyways, here we go. If we this day be examined, we did a good deed to this important man. We made him whole. Now he can get up and trip around with us and do stuff. He doesn't just got to sit there and beg all day. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, you crucified him. He said right there, you, pontiff, you crucified him. Whom God raised from the dead even by... Him doth this man stand here for the whole. He's giving credit to God. Peter didn't say, it's not from me. It's through God. God allowed me through God. The power of God through the Holy Spirit. And we're talking about crucified here. God appointed his only begotten son, a very piece of God's personal life force. God's personal soul was personified in the Lord Jesus Christ to manifest a little lower than the angels to explain and carry out amongst mankind the plan of salvation. They killed that. And that's what they do today. It's the same Pope today. Sugarcoating the truth. Killing the truth. Not feeding the sheep. Why do people keep sending this guy money? I don't know. He's the one that, that Prince Charles was talking about in the Glasgow Summit in 2021 on climate change. One with trillions of dollars at his disposal. More than the GDP of the whole planet itself. 
Who is this guy? It's that guy there in the Vatican. His Arse Holiness. You know who he is. All right? And here's the first one here. Annas. This is the stone which thou set at naught, ye builders, which became the head of the corner. You rejected it. Our rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. Our stability, our certainty. He is your fortress, your high tower, your stability, your, your, your safety, your security. He is our rock. They rejected our rock. Our rock is the foundation of salvation. Their rock, they rejected it. This is Psalms 118. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Hey, I forget where that verse is, and if I can find it right now, while I'm trying to fill some time while I'm flipping through some pages, it's in the book of Isaiah. There is no other Savior besides me, God speaking. That means Jesus Christ was God, as we know, a little piece of God's uh, personal life force was in there. No other Savior besides me. God is the only way out through His Lord, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Ministry of salvation, the salvation here. Neither is there salvation in any other except for the Lord Jesus Christ, whereby we may be saved. To get us out of here, get us out of this construct, man, that we put ourselves in, by the way. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant, man. Oh, yes, let's look at these. Can't you see our white ephods and all our holiness around us and look at these two you know john and peter sitting there probably dressed worse than i am and perceived that they they were unlearned and ignorant they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with jesus hey these guys just hung out with that guy that we nailed to the cross orchestrated nailing to the cross not even a couple months ago and they're talking unlearned. This is where we get our word grammar from in the English. It's our grammatos. And it's on page 7 of your Liddell Scott lexicon, uh, Thayer's lexicon. It means they're looking at them like they're illiterate and unlearned. They're just looking on like... It'd be like... It's, it's like the way girls look at me. It's like, ew. Look at him. You know what I mean? They're just looking down at him. Just like shaming him. Just like thinking they're so much better. Thinking money buys them trust and patience and class and integrity and love. And they think money buys them respect and manners and character. They think money adds value to their opinion. Makes them better than other people. I live it. When people sit around with these, these people that are well off... Uh, I would go up to somewhere at, at this cottage and I stood on the deck and it was like, oh, that person made it. That person didn't make it. That person made it. That per it's all based on the emptiness of the material world. Money, right? It's all based on investing in anything as long as there's a return. It's all based on selfishness, self-occupation, overfed, unconcerned, selfish people. You know where you guys are going. Well, I pray for y'all. Believe me, I pray big time for y'all. Ignorance and ignorant is where we get our word idiot from. It's idiotose and it means uneducated. They were just like these ignorant, uneducated people. Now there's another school of thought here that these guys were so filled with their education of their ceremonies. That's the rudiments or elements when you see that word in your Bible. Rudiments or elements. Just their ceremonies of doing stuff. You go to a Catholic church today, I can't keep up. I'm like down on that little board, up on the thing, down on the board, and everyone's looking at me. Don't you, don't you know? 
we know when to go down on the little board and then up on the board and then and then down and then you never hear anything because you got this guy wearing the fancy clothes and the fancy churches and the Catholics what did using the Bibles a random book of quotes you know in the school system here in Ontario Canada the government pays for two school systems public school where I went all the way to grade 10 and the Catholic school and when it came to high school a lot of the Catholics would merge and that's when I met a lot of people that were in that weren't in the public school when uh, you know from grade 1 to 8 and then grade and then going to high school the five years I spent in high school to get my grade 10 uh, you meet a lot of Catholic people and I still know them today and I know some Catholic people there it they're so biblically illiterate it is it is inexcusable for the Catholic Church to leave these people so biblically illiterate. I know a couple that have put in at minimum $250,000 in donations to the Catholic Church over a 40-year period, even longer, probably over a 50-year period, and probably more money than that, and they don't believe that Jesus Christ could have possibly been born by a virgin bride. And they argue with me about it. And they argue with me, they don't understand the first page of the Bible. But they're Catholic, and they seem to really defend their Catholic faith and their pontiff. What is your Catholic faith? What do you have faith in? That's what you worship. You just worship ceremonies. It seems so religious. And they got a lot of people. There's no doubt about it. And here's the first pope himself, Annas. Doesn't call himself Pope yet. Remember, you can't call yourself Pope because that's Father. And the whole Catholic, all the priests and whatever they want to call themselves, love to be called Father, even though Jesus Christ said in Matthew 23, do not call them Father. You'll know them. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. They will not teach the Bible. We're Anyways, they're looking down at John and Peter here. And uh, oh, these guys hung around with that Jesus. So we just, uh, yeah, crucified. And what does crucified mean? It's the most cruel, dehumanizing punishment done in public to cause maximum shame and disgrace on the victim with maximum physical pain. It literally means the word crucify is, we're talking the verb here. Crucify is the verb, translated 46 times from the word staro. 46 times, it literally means to drive a piece of wood into the ground. That's what it literally means. How did it become the word cross? The word cross is the noun, staros. So somehow they got crucified and cross from the same word. One's a noun, one's a verb. Staros always translated cross, and starus always translated crucify. So the cross, the noun, was always born or carried by the condemned one to represent the suffering associated with the burden. So you can see the word cross and crucified is the same. The word crucifixion is not in the manuscripts. You have crucified, crucify. It's 46 times staro. It means a piece of wood. And when you have the verb attached to that, that is the verb staro. And it just means that piece of wood for maximum pain, maximum humiliation, to discredit, to destroy whatever they stand for. Okay, and it was always the worst uh, criminals. And that's what they did to Jesus Christ. He was innocent, not guilty. He took the lowest earthly position for us. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. And he's the only one. He walked into a torture chamber. He knew it. It was prophesied from way back, from Moses all the way through the prophets and the Psalms. He's going to walk into a torture chamber and lay down his life for you and for 
for you and because of you and for me and because of me so that he could say this, Satan, you got nothing on me. I did not sin. Therefore, I am the only one that can forgive sin on a judicial level that is universally recognized to allow you judicial clearance back into the kingdom of heaven. I did not sin. Jesus Christ did not sin. None of us can say that. Satan's got something on all of us. Our only way out is through repentance, through this crucifixion, not crucifixion, by being crucified on the cross. Same word, staros, staros. And a lot of people will say, well, staros just means to stick this way. If they nailed one this way, then they nailed one that way. Did they put it in the back or the front? Because they weren't carpenters, they were just trying to kill people, right? It doesn't matter. Cross is good enough. That'll stand. We'll go with it. That's what they did. It's the most brutal, just, just humiliating way to off a human being and they did that to our Lord Jesus Christ he took the lowest earthly position for us the most selfless act of loving compassion that that the universe has ever witnessed was Calvary on the cross where prophecy became in accordance with the word of God in accordance with reality Jesus Christ fulfilled prophecy Matthew chapter 5 I came not to change one jit or jot of the law of the prophets I came to fulfill he fulfilled prophecy he wasn't sweating it out there sweating blood bullets saying, I want to get out of this. He was sweating it out saying, I, is there any other way that we don't have to put the rest of the children through what Satan's got planned for them, what we're living today? That's how much mercy he had on us. There's no other way to get rid of evil, is what's being said here. It has to play itself out. We had to all be born once. The one-third that fell, passed through the matrix once. That was set up, Revelation or Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 to 18. I made the stars also. I prepared them. I prepared a new matrix to follow one of the two unique light givers. It's all about free will. It's you write your own sentence. Be born instant of woman so that we can make up our minds. If we're going to come to terms with what's inside of us that is not conducive to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension, then we can go play somewhere else. We have to come get back into harmony with the universe. That's all that matters. And now, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they couldn't say anything. Okay, so now they're saying, here's the guy that they healed. He's standing right here. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ. They're always giving credit to Lord Jesus Christ. And when they had commanded them to go outside, out of the council, they conferred among themselves, having a little churchy church meeting there, boys, saying, what shall we do with these men? For that a notable miracle had been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. We can't deny it. Hey, dude, this guy was laying there for 40 years, couldn't walk, and now he's chipping around, right? In his brand new Jordans. But that it, but that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. So they're going to threaten them. That's the church community. And that's what they do today. They threaten the word by sugarcoating the word, by marginalizing God's word, by saying, you know, uh, some of this stuff isn't convenient for us, and you get these fake preachers, pastors. Oh, you know, you know the drill. Mainstream Christianity is so saturated with lies, sugarcoated lies, and destitute of truth. It's the saddest thing. It's the saddest thing, especially Catholics. Like what? Like I'm just wondering, like how can they not read that? Jesus Christ said, do not call him father. And this guy's calling himself Pope, which literally means father, and calling their pastor or calling their priest father. Like, are they reading the same book as we are? Same with reverend. Did you guys read these, these reverends? They call themselves reverends? Psalms 111. The Lord speaking, reverend is my name. Don't infringe on one of the seven spirits of God that cannot be infringed on by mankind. 
the spirit of reverence as it's listed in the book of Isaiah. No, they'll still call themselves reverend, call themselves father. Okay, say, okay, so now they're going to threaten these two. Yep, good church community, good churchy church. You just killed, uh, let's see, they killed Judas. They stabbed him up and his bowels gushed all over the place. Slicey, stabby, pokey. And fell headlong, fell head first. And then they orchestrated the, the brutal death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like, what, wouldn't you rather just get stabbed up and it's over with than be hanging there all day? But anyways, these guys are just absolutely brutal. You are of your father the devil, the first murderer, as it's written, John 8, 44. And they called them and commanded them not to speak nor teach in the name of Jesus. You stop teaching that, Jesus. You stop it. You stop. And they still do it today. When's the last time you saw the Pope standing there with a the Bible? No, he's telling everybody, pick up your trash when you leave. Right? What's he saying anyway when he's doing that? But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God. Like, you guys... Are we going to hearken unto you? Are we going to listen to God? What do you think? For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We're not going to shut up about what we saw and heard. We tripped around with Emmanuel, God with us, for three years. It is our great commission to spread the seeds of truth throughout the world. And you guys want to shut it down here and now with your big holy show? And that's what churches do today. They nail Christ back to the cross figuratively every time they sugarcoat the word and don't teach it chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Feed my sheep three times. Jesus Christ said to Peter, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And you were two different words for the word love. And what Jesus Christ is saying, do you love what I'm doing, what I'm representing? As the ministry of salvation, as your savior, your salvation, your deliverer, your redeemer, the kinsman redeemer for the whole human family. Do you love me, Peter, for that? Not just because we're bros and I can hook you up with a fish sandwich now and then. No, because of what I'm doing. The only begotten son of God, our savior, our salvation, our deliverer, our redeemer. But Peter and John answered and said, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more... Okay, we, verse 21, Acts chapter 4. So when they had further threatened them, well, these guys are going to, you know, look what we've done. These would have been heavy threats too, man. And they're not empty threats. They're not like keyboard tough guys today or people like that just threatening around, running their mouths. These are real threats. Let them go, finding nothing, how they might punish them, punish them because of the people... For all men glorified God for that which was done. Hey, they all gave credit to God because Peter said right off the hop, and John, we didn't make this guy whole. We didn't make him walk. We prayed through the God, from God to the, through the Holy Spirit. Hey, walk. God did it. God did it in front of everybody. Everybody saw it. We got 5,000 people there. What are you going to do, Pope? So when they had further, so when they had further threatened them, okay. For the man was about 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. Okay, he was no, just he wasn't a little kid. He'd been laying around there for decades. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported to all that all the chief priests and elders had said unto them. So they went back to, you know, Peter and John got let out of the jail and off they go. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou God, our God has made heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. That's what we start meditating on when you meditate at night. Start Genesis chapter 1 and go through the Bible like that. That's what they're giving credit to God. God is the creator. Mankind is the exterminator. We're at God's mercy. 
because God knows free will entities simply must be governed. He is governmental perfection. And then he goes on to say, Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Let's go to Psalms chapter 2 and read this because that's where it's from. It's, I like it better there. I always go back because, you know, it was written in Hebrew. Let's go back uh, to uh, Psalms chapter 2 and just see how this is because I just I'm going back there because of the next verse okay okay why do the heathen rage why do they freak out and make a scene why do they get so upset at the truth why do people today think that their reference that their preferences determine what's true their feelings trump the truth and they get so upset about it they can't be corrected don't remember Proverbs 9 8 don't bother to try and reason with a scorner or a scoffer. That's mockers, the ambassadors of arrogance. They will hate you. And the Hebrew word for hate here in Pro Proverbs chapter 9, 8 is sane. It's a personal hatred. Reason with the wise man and he will love you. You never attempt to deify somebody. You don't cast your pearls before swine. We we know what happened. That's what the heathen rage. They don't like to hear the truth when it's not convenient for them. And the Bible wasn't written for your convenience. It was written for your correction. And if you don't want to be corrected, you can go play somewhere else. You've exhausted your caregiver, and you can take all your ideologies over there. And that is the fire of hell, James three. What's burning you up inside? Why do the heathen rage? Why are they burning up inside? And the people imagine vain things. All your vain curiosities, you can go chase them. And they can be intensified and escalated in, in the hell side for you. That's what the burning is. Lake of fire. Lake just means harbor or haven. And fire means James 3.6, Isaiah chapter 9. Wickedness is the fire. It's your burning up inside. Your burning emotion. It's the internal passion of the mind. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel against, against the Lord and against his anointed. There's a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ right there. The kings of the earth, you have to translate this the way biblical usage and prophetic usage of kings of the earth going all the way to Revelation chapter 17, the foundations of power, not a specific king. The rulers, you have that specific people take counsel together against the Lord. Let us, and this is what they say, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. They're like, God, we don't need to obey by your rules. We have our own rules. I I, I've, I'm, a, I'm a follower of my own beliefs. Uh, um, I have faith in myself. What do people say? The stupidest saying I've ever heard. And I just, it's, uh, I believe in myself. I believe in myself. Whatever I'm doing has to be right. And I'm God. Because I believe everything I do is just the right thing. I believe in myself. How, how, how absolutely arrogant to think that you know about it more than God. That's just irrational. And irrational people get to go somewhere else. Because God cannot reconcile irrational people through the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you not see the world stage of everybody? That believes in themselves. I believe my ideologies are the right way to live. And it's caused discord. Hey, we're going to talk about that right now. Just wait. Hey, that cast, we don't, we're not bound by the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you can be, go be bound in the nether parts of the earth where there is no praise or presence of God whatsoever. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. 
The Lord shall have them in derision. That's that derision means despise them as enemies who can accomplish nothing good, and God shall promote them, Psalm 75, to a place of discord. And what does this mean? God's gonna laugh. Think he's this is what this means. In the manuscripts, through the lexicons, God shall laugh. He goes, Yeah, right, yeah, right. You know what I mean? It's like listen to this guy running his mouth over here. I believe in myself. Okay, good luck with that, right? Like, that's what God laugh means. That's what it means. Okay, let's try and get through this. And you have this word here in verse 25. By who the mouth of thy servant David. Okay, that word servant in the Greek is pace. And then in verse 27, for of a truth against thy holy. The word child's not in the manuscripts. It's pace again. Thy holy servant, Jesus. He's our holy servant. He served us. He took the lowest earthly position for us. That's what we do. We serve others. We serve the whole human family. And we serve the Lord Jesus Christ, whom now has anointed both Herod and Pontus. Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined to be done beforehand. This was all predestined. As it, remember, the beast shall hate the whore. Revelation chapter 17. I just, I know this video is running too long. I thought I could do it in 10 minutes. I'm not kidding. I thought I could do it in 10 minutes. But if I had some people helping me here, we could regulate this. Maybe, anyways. The, tens horn, the 10 horns which thou saw us are 10 kings that have received no kingdom as yet. I'm reading from Revelation 17. This, these are kings with no no sovereign kingdom this word kings here means foundations of power with no sovereign kingdom world health organization world economic form these big corpocracies that we're living under right now it's also called the beast dangerous system of things that's what beast means and they receive powers one hour with the beast that means the same hours and 10 when we're talking 10 here in biblical numerics when applied to god means organized perfection it doesn't mean there's 10 kings we're not looking for 10 people we're looking for 10 as foundations of power when applied to mankind it means mankind's organized system of things that has a 100 percent failure rate so why did i come here i'm starting to forget anyways for god has put in their hearts to fulfill his will that's why i came here because it was predetermined he gave them free will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled, because that's God's plan, plot, purpose, to rid the world of evil, is to let it play out. All the evil in the world comes from the human heart. It has to burn up itself from within. Burn itself up from within. It's all predetermined. God tells us all things through our Lord Jesus Christ, our best friend, who told us all things in the book of John. You're my best friend. I tell you all things. That's what a best friend does. He doesn't hold back. He lets her rip. I told you, and I laid down my life for you. And now, Lord, being their threatenings, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants so with all boldness they may speak, that they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and signs and wonders may come done by the name of the holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, that means shaken to mind, and all were assembled together. Assemble yourselves, my peculiar people, that's us, that's God's calling. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. But they all had things in common. Everything belongs to God. Don't covet or misuse it. And with great power 
gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessions, possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the price of the things which were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made to every man according to as he needed. Acts chapter 2, 44, verse to to uh, verse 47, they came together as a commune. Have you ever moved into a subdivision? You don't know who's the neighbor is. You don't know that guy across the street. You know, it's house after house, woe to those who build house under house. You come together as God's many-membered body in a commune like he's calling us to do today. You know who's in the next trailer. You know who's in the next house. You know who's in the next whatever tent if you want to come together as a commune. Me and Tammy tried to start started here companion chapel homesteading community 77 acres of land the giant big major river running through the back sogging river it's it's gorgeous here it's harsh in the winter don't get me wrong but you, you toughen up right the only people that showed up were preppers nobody showed up with a bible not one person showed up for the bible study that me and tammy ran every morning during the summer now, Tammy doesn't hang around much in the winter because it's it's harsh up here. She's got a place to go down in the city. But uh, anyways, this is a calling. Assemble yourselves. That's what the calling is. If you want security and certainty, you get it in numbers. And it's time to give up your possessions and come together. Like It's not like one person's going to take everything. It's like it's all in it. We're all sharing, caring it's about unity. It's about showing God we're ready to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a place where we sacrifice for each other, we love each other. It's perpetual friendship. It's about giving. It's not about personal wealth, personal greed, self-occupation. Don't read over this. This is big because Acts chapter 5 really lets you rip about people that hold back and cheapify God's grace by not supporting God's truth. God sent his only begotten son and it cost Jesus Christ his life and cost God his son to be tortured, humiliated, and killed. And we cheapify the word. People cheapify. We are to acknowledge the price Christ paid for us was sacrificing oneself and living to support God's word, the truth. And this is what they did here. This is your call to action. If you don't believe this is the way to live, this is what God is saying. If you don't believe what's written in the Bible, then you think Jesus Christ is a liar and that's all there is to it. Here's Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite in the country of Cyprus, having having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it to the apostles' feet. There he is with the many-membered bodies, not like in some dead sea subdivision. Believe me, I work construction. I take a crew in there and we do the whole subdivision. Just people just looking at each other. What are they thinking? You don't know. But when you're with people of the same heart, of the same mind, with the same principled set of standards to govern themselves, the only consistent thought pattern, the only way to the truth, then they're much more trustworthy, aren't they? Assemble yourselves, my peculiar people. Get a hold of me here at the Companion Chapel at gmail.com. And listen, I want to thank you very much. Please help support this channel. Please help me get some money together to get a marketing team together or a marketing person to assemble this media and let's try to help me partner with me to help me glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word of the message of Christ's love to a hurting world. That's your call to action. I want to thank you very much for watching. Have yourself a great day and bye for now.